And welcome back to Focus Target, the podcast. This is Van being joined by my fellow cohorts. With me, as always, is Smiley and Shy. How you guys doing? Fabulous. All right. So today is July 27th, year of our Lord 2020, and we are going to be talking about, speaking of lords, Lord of the Rings. The We're going to talk about... Lord of the Rings. Okay, you know, why don't you just take it over, because clearly you're upset. <laughs> I'm always upset. What's going on here? No, please continue. No, I really don't know. I was making a joke. I was making a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I need a hat. Look, I'm really uncomfortable. I just want you to take over this podcast. Oh my goodness! All right. So uh, as Van as Van got us started today for some reason uh, off off script, he decided to take the intro. But we are going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Uh, so if you're interested in Lord of the Rings, the movies, the books. Uh, the ancillary information, you know, uh, this would probably be a good podcast to learn more about if Lord of the Rings puts you to sleep, as I know some of it, of our listeners, it does. Uh, this is probably a better one to skip, but maybe you'll stick around for the question of the day, because as we always, we do question of the day here on Focus Target Podcast. And uh, today's question of the day harkens back to last week where we talked about difficulty and, uh, and uh, kind of, you know, the reason we play video games, how we play video games. And one of the things that that kind of led into was video game accomplishments. So my question of the day for you this week is what video game accomplishment has given you the most pride? I'm going to start with, uh, with uh, Shy because he's the only one who hasn't talked yet. I did talk. I said I felt like I oh. needed a hat. Oh, you did? Yeah. Where's um, your hat? <laughs> very, very deep things. And I thought very I was like, getting a hat, but then I was like, that's really off the rails if I just leave the computer during a podcast. So, um, it's not unheard of. You have a um, hat behind you. What is a hat behind you, anyways? It's a Dairy Queen hat. It's the Dairy Queen hat. I've, I've that's worn. the DQ? Why that's is it what I was, I was going to get. Hat? Oh. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so, I, like we talked about last week, there we talked about many different types of difficulty, um, whether it's uh, like difficult, like uh, gameplay difficulty or time sync difficulty. And I think probably I would say my greatest video game accomplishment, in my opinion, is more of a time-based difficulty achievement, and it was getting the black belt in Final Fantasy XI um, back before the game got significantly. I mean, it was already when I started playing, it was easier than it had been, but before black belt became extremely easy to get. Um, and it still took a lot of coordination and timing and um, just dedication to try to get the pops or buy them even even if you were buying them, which I had to do because I wasn't part of an HNMLS or uh, end game link shell that could kill the giant monsters that drop these items. Um, I had to like schedule sleep schedules around these things and wake up at like 2 a.m. or like 5 a.m. some mornings <laughs> just for a shot to buy something and someone would come to the spawn and offer like twice what I could offer because I was a poor little guy who who you know, didn't have money. Um, and then had to wait didn't for the next spawn and uh, didn't buy Gil. Also had decided <laughs> to play a Ranger as my first class in the game, which was a constant money sink. What a dumb decision that was. Um, but yeah, there you go. Black belt. What about you, Van? This is hard. Cause I was like, there's a lot of like aha moments or like proud accomplishments, but like, I don't know. This is really hard, especially spanning all of our, gaming experience and whatnot so um i think i'm gonna switch gears though originally i was gonna go final fantasy 11 but i think i'm gonna switch it over to pokemon red collecting oh. all 150 pokemon really 151 even to did complete get, the entire got, pokedex but the only way you could do that was with a cheat so did you do did you use the cheat to, do to that? get the 151 yes but oh. not the 150 the 150 was legit like legit trading um leveling that's i could certainly can't say i did that that's that's uh that's impressive yeah it took they didn't make it easy no they didn't and a lot of (laughs) i mean especially like the starter pokemon like literally i had to have how the heck do we do it i think we started a game i traded with my friend the pokemon that i wanted to keep started my fourth game had him trade them back to like it was crazy we yeah we like we we went ham on this it was me and actually a friend of the podcast pintendo who uh, accomplished this feat together. So, but I, I think ultimately, um, yeah, collect, co- completing my Pokedex in the original Pokemon um, Game Boy system was probably something I'm most proud of. My son and I did something similar when we were trying to do that. We both started fresh accounts and one of us would just keep creating a new account, like starting over. And we traded basically two copies 
like one person would have two copies yeah. of all three starter Pokemon. Correct. And then finally, like you said, you'd make your fourth time yeah. you're, the one you're going to keep. And then he'd trade those three back, back to for to like you. Spearows yeah. or some shit, Pidgeys. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you could at least both start with a full roster. Right that was cool. That yeah. was dope playing through with like, and then you get Pikachu right away and you got like four just baller ass Pokemon right from yeah. the beginning. Like, I mean, that's a great fucking well-rounded party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember but how yeah. we did legendaries and all that stuff. I, I, I mean, and, and remember Pokemon when you so complete hard, a Pokedex, right? you yeah. don't, you don't have to maintain the animal. You just have to have, have received it. it at some point in your possession. Right. So I, I just remember coordinating. This is pre-internet too, right? So you can't just go onto like Reddit or anything and just post, "Hey, who wants to trade this for this?" Like so for Pokedex completion. Like literally, this, this my, my the pool of people I had to play with was just individuals attending my high school. Right. So yeah. It was, yeah, it was like fun, you could even do things where you trade it and then agree to trade it right back. So just so you get yeah. it. But then right, so, you had to, you had to trust, they had to trust yeah. you enough. It's like, <laughs> no, no, really I'll trade it right back. And then you're not going to be like, ah, sucker, yeah. I got your Articuno now, bitch. I think that's why it fits for like legendaries. It was, it was a legendary for a legendary in case you right. skipped the person and ran away with that the way. At boy. least you got, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, they, yeah. They made it hard to, to get that done. That is very, yeah. that's an impressive accomplishment for sure. Yeah. But trolling in those days was a lot more risky because then it could just yeah. punch you in the face if That's you right. didn't give them back. Like, <laughs> you don't have the of the That's right. yeah. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mike mm-hmm. Tyson. All right. Well, mine is a lot less impressive, probably than either of those accomplishments. It's more of a personal accomplishment, and that's just what I've accomplished on our Minecraft server. I know that oh, seems pretty one. silly, but I mean, no, that's a good one. Van, yeah. Like when I think of all the work I've put into all my projects, and the two that I'll highlight that I'm really the most impressed with the fact that I did that, I still look at them and I'm like, wow, like I made this, I did this. Was the castle that Van and I built together? Mm. Just all the work that went into that like we surveyed areas for days trying to find the right location and then when we found it like i remember we took a picture of what it looked like before like we did so much terraforming oh my gosh it took weeks just to clear the land to make it it was insane and now like it's such a cool castle like i still feel like it's almost like a second home every time i log in after all i'm like oh man like everything's right where it should be like it's a weird feeling to be so attached to a virtual location like but like I do, I, I take a lot of pride in that. I think it's a badass location. And we built that stone by stone on survival mode. Brick no, by brick. No god mode. We gathered every piece. We had help from people like Shy in places and Z. And well, Z didn't help that much. But Dude, I think not only that, something that like, um, you know, any of our listeners want to know, or even people who visiting the castle don't know, like the commitment behind the commitment. Like we made every single wall three bricks deep. Yeah. We didn't have to do that. Like it can still, you can, the hallways would look the same. The rooms would still look the same, but we wanted like that virtual structural integrity and all that yeah, stuff. Like we committed to yeah. making every single hall, like right. three wall, three bricks thick. Right. Too, we, so. we planned it out. We were consistent in the way we built it. We didn't just yep. like, like we, we were really, it was like a freaking construction project. It was crazy. You should go on a resume. It could. It certainly could. You know, these days I wouldn't be that like outlandish. Drawings there's, or like I think there's some companies. <laughs> there's some companies that would be like, oh, okay, I see the value in that. Uh, the second half of that is the I did a personal project that most people haven't even seen because it's way out in the middle of nowhere, um, and I made a, a block by block recreation of the Mirage Tower and the Floating Castle from Final Fantasy One, um, which is huge. I mean, it's the second to last dungeon in the game, so it's like, you know. It's, it's, it's massive. Um, it's was very complex. It took me years to build like I just, the amount of, of materials it took to build it was insane. But like, I think it looks really cool. And anyone who's actually ever played final fantasy one, I think would, it would be a real treat for them to go in and see that it's actually like a pixel by pixel recreation of every single floor. Uh, with the exception of one floor that was like a loopy room puzzle, you know, where it was like when you got to the left side of the map, it restarted oh, the right. Yeah. And I was like, I could try to do something to recreate that, but I skipped that one because I thought that would just be a little bit too much. Yeah. I think everything else came out really, really cool. I was able to use materials that really look like like the map in the game. Like the only thing that's missing is the music. Um, mm. Just too bad. 
they need to make jukeboxes and they Minecraft. do actually they like the people yet? who are crazy so in minecraft have like there's ways you can use like mine carts to play different notes and so, so like the mine cart goes down the track and it triggers <laughs> as it goes past the music so you can actually make music in minecraft but oh like gosh. that's that's a little bit beyond mine my card symphonies yes seriously it's, <laughs> look it up name. on youtube you get some crazy crazy stuff out of that like i think you're gonna minecraft say the, the wall that shy built the wall, that's, the wall no well i mean that was part of our castle i mean i did yeah, like shy did the, the shy put down the foundations of that wall Foundation but i did finish it, it and I, I'm, I am proud i think it looks good um speaking of minecraft smiley uh yeah. you're so proud of all of this work and then uh, a friend of our podcast, Tankin, you just gave him access to the server and he's been running around amok the last 20, 48 right. hours. We were on Discord yeah. last time. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill this cow. I'm going to kill this horse. I'm like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. If he <laughs> ruins my two fucking sheep that I brought back after I don't know how many goddamn years. Man, I don't know that I would hold out hope for these, these sheep. I, I, there's nothing that I'm concerned of tanking, taking, taking down in our server at this, at this point in time. (laughs) So I I feel confident that that he's okay. No. uh, Yeah. It's a conversation for another time. Anyway, that was our question of the day. Uh, Let us know if you want to tell us what your greatest video gaming accomplishment is. We would love to hear about that. As always, we still have not heard a lot of feedback from our listeners. Um, Maybe it's because you don't exist. That's possible. But uh, if you do exist and you'd like to share uh, some stuff with us we have contact information we'll provide it to you at the end of the show so let's get to the meat of it lord of the rings that's a big topic fellas that's a big topic so we're just gonna touch on we may come back around do another more in-depth lord of the rings or tolkien based uh podcast in the future um we're not going to go through unless you guys really want to the plot and synopsis of lord of the rings if you haven't read the books or seen the movies i highly recommend both actually um but let's talk a little bit about our experience with uh with the with the lord of the rings series and um let's talk let's talk kind of piece by piece so first the books i want to know from each of you have you read the books if so how many times and what did you think of them did you like the books let's let's leave the movies and the auxiliary materials out let's just talk about the actual printed lord of the rings um van let's start with you um have you read lord of the rings i didn't know that there was a book until like two weeks ago oh when we talked about doing this podcast yeah cool i guess that would have been one week ago no before that but no i have not read the books okay shy um yeah i uh when I was, I think I was like 11 or 12, I went over, I, there was a buddy that I lived near who we would hang out sometimes. I'd go over to his place and sleep over. He'd come over to my place and sleep over. We'd play games and stuff. Um, and one night I went over and he had Fellowship of the Ring, like old school copy with like the cool, yeah. like kind of like the tan with like the hand drawn yeah. art style on it. Yeah. And he had it. And, and I was, I, I was an avid reader as a kid. Um, benefits of not being able to play a lot of video games. Being, when your mom doesn't like video games, you read books and do other things. Um, and so I, I picked the book up. For some reason, he was doing something. And I started reading. And I think I have this memory of like staying up that night. And like he wanted to like play stuff. And I'm like just reading this book because I'm like, this book's so awesome. <laughs> and then he, I don't think he liked it. It was his book, but he didn't like it. So he let me take it. And I just fell in love with that book. And then I ended up reading the rest. My, my dad saw I was reading it. And he was super excited because he loved Lord of the Rings. And, um, and so, yeah, I fell in love with the series. Um, I think I've read the series twice. I think I only read it one other time, potentially. Maybe I think when I was in high school or college, I read it again, kind of right about in the middle of the movie series. I was like, oh, I got to you know, revisit these and just you know, mm-hmm. kind of remember how close the movies are to the books. Um, so the main trilogy I've read, I believe twice. I've not read. I've tried picking up the Silmarillion a couple times but never had success all right um i and what about the hobbit the habit i've read that once uh, yeah i've read that once i didn't get as into the hobbit as i did the main series what about you van did you ever read the hobbit no okay so i've, I've not read, read any oh, lord of the rings literature, literature. at all okay. so all of my knowledge is going to come from the books the for better mostly worse okay uh, so I am the opposite end of that spectrum. I've read, I, I'm similar to Shy. I, I picked up, I always loved the Hobbit. I watched, I think I had the animated Hobbit when I was a kid and I loved it. I still love it today. I still watch it from time to time because it's amazing. And um, I tried to read Lord of the Rings 
when I was re really probably too young for, and I did read it, but like, I don't feel like I really got a lot of it. <laughs> like I kind of was like a very fast reader and like I got the overarching plot, but like I missed a lot of stuff and a lot of the slower stuff. I was just like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> you know, get to the, get to the stabbing parts and, and the, and the fighting and the, and the excitement. Um, but then, you know, through the years, I've read it multiple times through too many to count. I have a nice, like beautiful leather bound volume where the pages are all like freaking Vellium or something like it's legit. So, um, so yeah, that's my experience with the books. So I, I, I like the Hobbit as well. And I've read qu quite a few of the, I haven't read everything. There's a lot of extra, lord of the Rings stuff but i have read the silmarillion um like shy when i was in high school i i tried to read the silmarillion and i just couldn't get into it it was a little bit thick for me um, but then coming back to it as an adult it's like it's a much different type of book but it's definitely uh a lot more approachable when you kind of know what you're getting into it's really it reminds me a lot and people compare it to the like the tolkien bible which it is like the Bible of the Tolkien universe, but like, that's kind of how you had to read it. It's like, it's like a collection of stories and, and things just like the Bible is and like how each book of the Bible is kind of a little bit different and, and has kind of a different purpose and sometimes even a different feel. Um, that's kind of how the books of the Silmarillion are in, in a lot of ways. So that's, it's funny. Cause before you said that, that's was running through my head. Like it reminded me and it very much like the early books of the Bible, a lot of them deal with genealogies and it can be yes. very hard to get through if you're trying I to think. read it, like, like as a narrative. <laughs> Um, right. I think the beginning of the Silmarillion is very similar. And I think that's as yes. far as I got. I was like, it was like, <laughs> I don't want to read about these hundred generations of elves or, you know, whatever right. the ancestors of elves were. Um, so. The book yeah. of Matthew, son of Matthew, son of Luke, son of little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of is. And like, you know, for people out there who, who have, who are in that same boat, who tried the Silmarillion and couldn't get into it. Like there's, I think four sections like there's four like books of the Silmarillion, like skip the first one and go right into the, the second one, which is the meat of it. And that will be a little bit more approachable. That's more of a story. And it kind of is telling the history of Middle Earth. And I think that is a little, it, it has a little bit less of the roadblocks that you get in that first chapter, which is more kind of like the creation myth. And, and like you said, the genealogies and things like that. Um, so let's talk about the movies then real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll go snake style. Um, I, have watched all the movies. Um, I've watched all the Hobbit movies as well as the Lord of the Peter Jackson films, um, as well as the animated films, which I think mm -hmm. are actually amazing. Both the Fellowship of the Ring, or I'm sorry, the uh, Hobbit and the Return of the King. Um, I have both of those. But uh, the movies, I think, personally, were amongst the best translation of a book to a movie that I've seen. Um, very rarely am I satisfied with how a, how a movie turns out when it's based on a book, but I really thought they did a fantastic job. Um, you know, it's not the same. They left things out. There's a different feel to it. And a lot of the, like a lot of what's great about the book is the atmosphere and the, like there's an intangible quality to the, to the storytelling and that really, um, they really capture a well in the book, in the, in the movies, but but not, not quite, you know, like there's still, I still think the books are a lot better and definitely worth reading, but it's hard for me to find too many complaints with what they did with the, with the Lord of the Rings original three films, the Hobbit films. I, uh, I can't really get behind those nearly as well. They took, they just went, they, I was worried at the beginning when they were taking a short one, like, you know, eight, nine chapter book and turning it into three full length films i was like i felt like maybe that was going to lead us down a dark path and indeed it did but uh let's go back to to shy then shy what about you with the movies yeah um i also like you uh grew up watching the animated hobbit and yeah. also a huge fan of that i never saw the uh, other was it a single or a double like a like was it did they do fellowship of the ring and return of the king or was no, it just return of the king it's a little um, bit convoluted a different studio picked up return uh, fellowship of the ring and got through like halfway through two towers and then stopped and i've watched that as well and it's not very good and right. so then the original studio that did the hobbit picked back up for return of the king to finish it and uh -huh. so those are the two that are worth watching the middle unfortunately is not very good 
Yeah, I've only seen a Hobbit, and like, man, I remember as a kid that that was just awesome. And like, the art is the art is great. Like, it just it's fits amazing. the Hobbit style very well. Kind of that like does. grimy fantasy, not like like grimy, not a bad grimy, but like has this weird like storybook style art. This is really yes. good. Um, Fabulous. But uh, the Fellowship of the Ring came out when I was in high school. Like, I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And I remember me and my dad were kind of skeptical. Like I said, my dad was a fan of Lord of the Rings. I was a big fan of Lord of the Rings. And we're like, who's this Peter Jackson guy? Like, he wasn't really a no name at the time. I think he'd done some like horror films, which we weren't really into horror movies. And so, but it looked good. The trailers looked really well done. And we went and oh my gosh, that first movie was just outstanding. You know, the the Balrog, the... Um, yeah. Uh, you know oh man just the balrog like just exactly how i could have pictured him in my head from like reading the books um and just i don't know just so good um and then the the rest of the movies really kind of just continued that 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 um that chain and i think you know i agree with you there's there's some stuff in the books that doesn't show that don't show up um pacing wise i think the movies are better than the books like you when i was the first time i read the books as a kid i kind of sped through them and even to this day like i think even my second read through, read through i i didn't like pay as much attention to some of the songs or some of the like longer you know poems and stuff like that that are intermixed throughout so i think that's probably one of the reasons why i haven't read the books again is because the movies are so good and if i want a lord of the rings like fix i'm more inclined to watch the trilogy than pick yeah. up the books and read them um but uh yeah and then i don't know i don't the thing is i didn't get as into the hobbit the book so i actually don't mind the movies like i don't think that they're well-made movies we've had talks about this before i to me they're more guilty pleasure movies like something like independence day um but <laughs> you you take that back <laughs> You cannot drop that no, there. Not, the Hobbit isn't as good as Independence Day. That, that was that was a troll comment right there. So I know you guys can't punch me in my face. Right Clearly, now. I know where you lit. Well, I guess I don't. You know where we live. I don't know where you live. We'll probably see each other in person at some point, and you know, maybe you guys will save up a punch for that. Assuming the world goes back to normal. All right, Van, you you had more to say about the movies, so yeah, but, I watched them. Yes, you did. Nice. Cool. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> fabulous commentary, as always. Um, so, it's funny, before... So, I wasn't joking about not knowing there was a book. I mean, uh, kind of, yes. I knew there were books before a week ago. But when I saw the movie, I didn't know that it was it was an iteration of a book. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, something's talking in my ear, and I don't know where the heck it came from. So, I just want to make sure everything was still connected correctly. It's not in my head. It was actually from my headphones. So anyways, um, I saw the movies. Uh, again, I thought that was like the original iteration. I, I wasn't aware that it came from books. I, I really didn't meet, read many books growing up. Um, I was more of a tinker. So if I wanted to get some knowledge, I was taking crap apart or putting stuff together or messing around in the garage or building something or something like that um, other than the reading books. But uh, so when I saw the movie the first time, I really wasn't into fantasy either. Um, I was more of a sci-fi guy. So it was like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, computer this, and all that kind of fun stuff. And um, I remember seeing the first one and thinking, this is kind of cool, but I wasn't like blown away. And I, I, it was super hyped up for me at the time too. And, and probably because like, you know, people who were hyping it up were people who had read the books and then right. seen the movie and were super excited about it all. Um, so it was super hyped up. I watched it and I was like, Eh, it's cool. It has like a whole bunch of stuff, wizards, warriors, hobbits, all kinds of different creatures and all this fun stuff. Um, but I wasn't like blown away. And then I saw the second one and then I appreciated the first one a little more. And then by the time the third one came, came around, I had started playing like Final Fantasy XI hugely, which was very fantasy oriented. Then I started exploring in the, the realm of fantasy um, literature and just enjoyment in, in that theme and whatnot. And by the time the third one came around, I came to appreciate that lore and just absolutely like loved it. Went back, watched the trilogy to the point where I literally used to watch uh, one, two, three on rotation for I don't know how long, right before I fell asleep, like every single day. Like really? it was my go-to movie in the wow. evening to watch. Yeah, nice. it was so awesome. What I think they did extra well about the movies that uh, somebody on a different Lord of the Rings podcast that I listened to pointed this out like they i should plug them it's the legendarium podcast if anybody's interested in they review books and movies and they're stuff probably gonna like get like a million new hits now yeah i'm sure i'm sure our podcast is really gonna pump them up but um 
you know, I'll give credit where credit's, credit is due, whether it's worthwhile it. for them or not. For um, sure. But uh, one of the hosts there was saying something that I thought was really true, and that's, you know, they, they don't hit everything from the book. They change things, they add things, but but the critical scenes, the scenes that you from that if you read the book stayed with you, mm. they get like Peter Jackson just got those so right. They're just they're they're the way they're supposed to be. And like Shire reminded him when he when he talked about like the Balrog scene, mm. like like that's a scene that like it happens in the movies. Like if it's not just like it's in the book, it's better. Like they captured what that 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 scene is supposed to be, and they brought it to life and they made it awesome in a way that like stood with you. And that, and like, I think that's why like, like it really like, like that, I think that's true through all three movies that like the most important scenes, like Helm's Deep, uh, Helm's Deep, you yep. know, things like that. Like, like they were done so well that you, you're like, that's exactly how it was supposed to be. That's exactly what I wanted to see was these iconic confrontations and, and, and scenes, you know, the other one that always comes to mind is um, like Sam carrying Frodo up the mountain like like the way like like that could have come off in a lot of movies as really kind of cheesy but it didn't like 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 it hit what it was supposed to like it may hit you in the feels and like that i don't know i i just thought that like that that's what made the movie so good for me is that they really hit those beats that they were supposed to and the casting was oh oh like, okay. yeah i see we're gonna eventually start ta tackling the movies in detail a little more well, I, think, I think i think we're there. let's let's jump right into it we can jump around a little bit let's talk about the casting a little bit which is incredible it was perfect yeah like i i don't know i i can't tell you know the image that you had in in your mind versus the movie right. but just as like an outside perspective going into the movies like everybody was freaking lovable it was incredible how they did all that stuff they, they really did and it launched i mean it had to launch a couple careers right I think Ian McKellen was pretty was was pretty. He was a little bit established before that, but um, like I don't know if Elijah Wood had been in any, anything. I think he'd been in a movie that. Forever Young as a child actor with oh, right? time traveling, really, um, or being frozen, not time traveling. I, I, um, I, my parents watched that movie, and I was there. I don't know much about it. My parents <laughs> but I, loved I that remember movie. It. I've seen that movie many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think he was really well known as like an adult actor at that point. Um, I thought when you said Ian McKellen, you were going to say like he was one of the best cast characters in the trilogy. He was. Which I was nodding my head too because yeah, no, like, he was absolutely. That is absolutely really true. Was one of the standout um, roles. Like well, he really made Gandalf. I loved also. Um, I always forget his name, and, and shame on me for that because he's an awesome actor uh, who played Saruman. Um, oh yeah, what is his name? He's Do we have rest a in corner coming. What? Yes. Yes, Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. Christopher Lee yeah. I thought he was a brilliant Sauron man. Like he really captured that that character. Like that's exactly how I I thought of him as kind of like a just an arrogant motherfucker who had just like been in charge a little bit too long for his own good. You know, yeah. like like fabulous work by him. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought they really did. They hit everyone like the the people like Mary and Pippin who were supposed to be kind of more oh, of a comic so relief, yeah. like really nailed that. And like, weren't, they weren't too over the top, you know, they didn't, they didn't go like Jar Jar on us and, and be to the mm. point where you're like, Oh, come <laughs> on. Like we're, we're trying to be serious here. Like they were the right level of like trying not to be funny, but being funny. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, think of like, um, think of like someone like Gollum, like you bring up a good point with Jar Jar, circus, like a completely yeah. digital character and how you yeah. can go so wrong. Right. And oh, yeah. they didn't like, I mean, they did such a great job with Smeagol slash Gollum and just like that interplay, Absolutely. that torn character. And then, and any circus like that made his career, I believe. Like yes, now he's I like agree. the go to go, the go to mocap guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was what Caesar in the Planet of the Apes films. I don't know. I know he's done some other stuff as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was in something fairly recently where I was like, oh, Andy Circus. I didn't realize that was who that was, but I. Can't remember how to effort that. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think that's part of what made the 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 movie to books trans or the books to movie transition so palatable as well is that you know a lot of the characters like they really obviously thought out, you know, they fit they found the right roles 
for what was teenage heartthrob orlando bloom doing before legolas because he was already a superstar amongst was the women pirates of the caribbean that's what it was okay yeah. <clears throat> and like it's funny too because they like like they look so different like i didn't even know it was the same dude until yeah like probably like the second movie <laughs> like i was like oh that's the dude from pirates no shit <laughs> <laughs> I thought it kind of redeemed him. I didn't. I never liked him in Pirates that much, and I thought yeah, like, was kind of, his role as Legolas was actually. It was kind of Titusy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Titus. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's. So we skipped around a little oh, bit, but God, let's talk no. a little bit. Let's talk a little the bit about. Um, let's talk about a little bit about likes and dislikes from. I mean, I know either books or movies depending on what you like let's let's do uh let's start it off on the positive side and we'll go to van first here like what what did you like like you know you said that obviously you like these movies enough to put them on on repeat before you're going to bed that's a pretty that's a pretty ring endorsement what what's what do you think are the things that set it apart that you like the most i think for me again because it introduced me into the realm of fantasy is why it was like so meaningful to me it was the first thing because i like i said i wasn't a big fan of, of even just fiction in general to be honest like i'd watch fun stuff on tv uh but it fantasy sounds was like, like you weren't really much of a nerd when i was a kid. you sound kind of kind of like a, a normal cool kid yeah you know like i knew yeah. kids like self praise stinks up. but i was i was pretty popular i was kind of cool <laughs> So anyways, into cars and tools and I was, you know, yeah. like, first yeah. job was a mechanic yeah. then became a general yeah. manager of a I knew people shop. I knew yeah. people like you when I was yeah that was up. me that was me uh so anyways I wasn't a nerd because I didn't hang out with you losers back then but um I think because it introduced me to fantasy and gave me the appreciation for fantasy um is what did it. I I think what I loved the most was literally just watching the adventure unfold from nothing to like this grand insane epic tale um with a nice clean wrap-up that didn't seem forced or, or rushed or anything like that and, and there were trials amongst the among the way they weren't nothing came easy <laughs> it was it was a struggle the entire time there were huge fights that were just unimaginable that they put the screen um, and then the appreciation afterwards, even knowing, I, I think they filmed all three of them before they even released one, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, they filmed they all at the same quick. exact time. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's nice. It, we're kind of spoiled by stuff like that. I feel like now in a lot of, for a lot of books and games and stuff, it's like you, there's big gaps sometimes between, you know, like, I mean, you look at um, Song of Ice and Fire and it's like, we don't know if we'll ever get a true, you know, next book. Like we don't even know what's happening with that. Like, you know sometimes you have to wait a long time and it's nice like the two that i think of i think of are this and the matrix trilogy where like the, that second and third matrix like like them or not at least they came out right away they didn't keep you yeah. waiting for for months and months and years and years well, i think so much nowadays it's like testing the water especially with movies studios if they're gonna do yeah. a series they yeah. want to do the first one and see if it does well it's such an industry right. now well not that it wasn't an industry yeah then, and they went all in on this one and yeah. I, I wonder how it worked i wonder I wonder if that worked as a benefit or not for the actors, right? Because it, it was super massive popular by, yeah. by the first episode where like they could have negotiated maybe a little more for episode or for the second movie or third movie or whatnot. But um, no, I think overall it was just, it, it just does a, a fantastic job of taking you away into this magical world um, seamlessly that you get to enjoy and feel like you're actually part of this, this realm. Chai? Um, I think Van hit on all great points, so not to double up on those. Um, I think that one thing that, just in case no one mentions it, is the soundtrack is outstanding in the series of movies. Um, I think the theme, um, the theme song, um, I think uh, had, um, I think Enya did at least like the theme, if not some stuff, some of the songs on the first album. And I don't know, like specifically the song when Gandalf faces off against the Balrog and then mm. falls and then they're like running out of the cave and they're all like weeping and stuff. That's something that song is so haunting. Um, I used to, I, I bought that album for that song. I used to listen to that song um, all the time, but uh, no, nah, the soundtrack was great. Um, I think visually there were just some really like Peter Jackson, you know, showed that he was a great director, like not just, like the, their use of what a workshop. I think it put what a workshop kind of on the map with models and, um, 
um, some of the some of the technology they created. Helm's Deep was incredible. Like the, some of the computer generation stuff to create the, like the army. I know it was revolutionary. Yeah. And then I don't know, like some of the camera stuff that Peter Jackson did. Like like just some of the cool like like optical illusions. We watched like behind the scenes stuff and like you know stuff where like. Um, with like the hobbit houses they had like you know like they had to yeah. create illusions you know they had stuff like really large or really small like you know like camera tricks and then like i, I don't know if you guys remember this like i, I definitely haven't seen the movies as much as like uh, van has but there's like a scene in the first one the first time they run into the ring wraith the first ring wraith and he's like on on the road and they're like hiding under the yeah roof. there's like this cool like i think it's, i think it's i think it's like like when in a camera when you like move the camera physically and you're zooming you can create that yeah. weird like yep. optical illusion and yeah like when he when it, he looks down the road like, and ah, it, yeah. and it just like ah just so it's just cool like they just like it's just cool stuff they did really cool so stuff. good so um yeah that's and the landscape was absolutely likes. beautiful oh yeah what, every New single Zealand, right every single I mean, place yeah every like, single place that anything took place in was just gorgeous it was advertising incredible. advertising film for New Zealand yeah on that topic have you guys seen um uh the flight of the concords no yes you should van it's amazing but like they're from new zealand and like they work at the new zealand consulate and there's all these like uh posters on the wall and it's always like new zealand come see where lord of the rings was filmed (laughs) (laughs) it's like their claim to fame yeah that show's amazing i couldn't recommend it highly enough anyway um i'll get to my likes um I'm going to focus more on the on the books because I think pretty much everything that's been said about the movies is, has been said, and, and I agree I agree with all of it. Um, from a books perspective, what made me really fall in love with the books and what I appreciated more and more, the older I got and the more I reread it, um, you know, at first it was a lot about like what Van said, like the adventure, like the ep- like they you know all the stuff they have to go through and like the story and the plot is very engaging. But as I've gotten older, like there's and i touched on a little bit before there's a like there's a melancholy about the writing of the books like and they tried to capture this in the movie you might remember that like the very first lines of the movie where galadriel's talking she's kind of giving that introduction she says um much of what was Mm. is been lost for there are none left alive who remember it and like that's really kind of the feeling that you get from that book that like these elves are living in a world that is like so diminished from what it was like they remember this like these glory years and now they're in like this like these kind of almost end times for them where it's like everything all so much beauty has passed away and there's nobody even left who remembers it to appreciate it and like like they kind of feel time slipping away and that's kind of this undercurrent throughout that like i definitely missed when i was younger because i did like shy said skip some of the poems and some of the longer like stuff that was less plot relevant but like it really does kind of weave a, a a feeling to it that like like you feel sad when you're reading it and like it's kind of but it's like a good sad it's kind of like a i don't know it's hard to explain but there's very been very few books that really make me feel the way i feel when lord of the rings um you know when i read lord of the rings So the second thing that I really liked about the books is the ending um, and how they really, it's one of the most satisfying endings I've ever read. Um, it is long. It is a long ending. Like the, the <laughs> looking good shot. The <laughs> that was well done. That was smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad the hat didn't just like appear there. That would have been weird. Um, <laughs> why would it do that? <laughs> why would it do that? Because magical hats, they maybe pull a rabbit out of it. All right. All right. My whole anyway, point was not to derail Smiley's for, second for point. The, for the people not watching on YouTube. <laughs> I love this podcast. Um, <laughs> who are not sure what's happening. We're not going to worry about it. We're just going to keep going. Um, so, so the ending, like, so for people who don't know, I haven't read the book. The last book, like the first three chapters uh, the third chapter is like the climax of the book. And then there's like six or seven chapters after that of like resolution. And it's just, it's just great. It's great to like, it's, it's because I think I don't want to let these characters go. I don't want the story to end. And it really just draws it out. If you've seen the movie, but haven't read the book, you should, because mm-hmm. there's a real treat waiting for you at the end. There's a whole like big plot point 
that is completely left out of the of the book of the movies that they just didn't have i guess time to, to fit in that a lot of people think are one of one of their favorite parts of of the whole book series and i i'm not sure do you want me to spoil that or so not we're talking about a romance somebody? we're talking no we're talking about um the scouring romance oh the scouring yes <laughs> Oh my right? gosh! I was so disappointed right? when that wasn't in. When that was, yeah, you should because you should, it's for Van's benefit. We should talk about that because that was so. Should we talk about it cool... or should we not talk about it? Is it something and make me is, read the books? Is yes. Van going to read the the, the trilogy? It, would that have? You're working through Ready Player One. I want to do Van. That. You could so watch pretty... the third movie and then read the last couple of chapters of the third book. Yeah, that's. You, you want to ship me a book for twenty dollars? Yeah, smile. You going to ship him for? I do have an extra copy, but no. Because <laughs> I've got my nice, I've got my beautiful leather bound book. I still have my like original like ones that I had when I was a kid. But all right, how about um, this? I'll return because it's I have your Ready Player One that is literally yours. I'll return that, this? and then yes, you lent it to me when I. Oh, I you Colorado. Oh, didn't mail oh. it to you. <laughs> Gosh. I so I have gonna... your Ready Player One. So I'll I'll get that back to you, and then you can give me you can all give right. me uh, Return of the King. Well, that's going to take a long time. So we're we are going to talk about it a little bit. So the the scouring of the Shire is awesome because. What happens is when they go when the, when the hobbits finally make it back to Hobbiton, all is not well. Saruman, who was never dealt with, has actually set up shop there and is basically tearing the place to the ground as kind of a, a petty vengeance uh, for the hobbits who caused them so much trouble. And it's a, it's a really awesome opportunity to see how the four hobbits really have like come into their own and kind of take charge. And like Gandalf has already gone. Aragorn's back in Gondor. Legolas and Gimli are gone. Like it's just, it's just the original four. And they kind of come in and like, you know, take, you know, basically. Or your knights. Uh, yeah. Hobbiton. They, they kind of gather the resistance and, and, and put things to right. And um, like, I just thought it was really a really cool way to show like their character development. And especially for characters that, I mean, Okay, Frodo and Sam obviously are in the spotlight, but like Mary and Pippin are always kind of like third wheelie characters. Like they have some moments here and there, but like they're kind of riding the coattails of these great events, and like so it's a chance for them to to really show that hey, like we we've we've become something really special here. We're not the same little hobbits that we were. Um, and then the final ending when you know when when uh, with Frodo, and this is something that they do touch on in the movies, but in the books, it's really like, like the idea that the, his time with the ring and, and what that did to him, like, like wounded him in a way that will never heal. It's not just the stab wound he got on Weathertop, but that like he is, he's unable to like move past it, that it still haunts him. Like he wakes up, he can't sleep. He, he like, he dreams of the ring. Like it kind of is tormenting him, even though it's gone like I thought was really powerful. And, you know, when he finally takes the ships and like the Hobbit, like when I see it in, whether I see it in the Peter Jackson films, whether I see it in the animated films or whether I read it, like I, I can't get through that part without, without shedding a tear or two. Like it's, there's just something about it that is, it's just so well done in all the mediums. So it just has such a, a perfect ending. It's one of, not even one of it. Like it's, it's the best ending to a book I've ever read. And I think, so many books having read a lot of fantasy and sci-fi now it's not always easy to stick that ending you know like a lot of times you're left a little unsatisfied because it's hard it's hard to do so uh i love that he got it right and like i wouldn't change a thing about the way that book ended let's talk about what we don't like about the books and movies oh, dislikes yeah <laughs> let's go through it um i feel like i've talked a lot so let's let's spin it back the other way we'll go back to van what I didn't like about it? Yeah. What 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 are your criticisms of Lord of the Rings? I don't have many. Um, I think if there's any, um, I don't want to say that two and three are repetitive, but having two siege battles, like huge sea ba siege battles, be a a main part of both movies or both stories, meaning the two towers um, at Helm's Deep. Yep. Right and yep, and correct. um yeah and then the third one and was it minus two death yeah right. yeah Very good. so and, then, and so like it just it's not that it seemed cheap but it was just like oh like we've kind of been here before i know the battle's a little bit different the players are different but there's like a huge a lot of time spent um with these two battles so that was 
kind of. I can of, see. I can see why you say that. Yeah, and like it does. It does a little bit devalue Helm's Deep, right? It's like you right. know, you won there, but like here we are in the exact same position within a different town, and it's like. I, I I can understand that. I can understand that criticism. I mean, there's a repetition even with like the kings. Yeah, I mean, you have like yeah. the king of Minas Tirith, who's like become yeah, like a despot. You've got the king of Stuart. Rohan, who's like yeah. basically Stuart. Yeah, Stuart. You're right. Yeah, not right. the king, Stuart. Right. But but like Gondor these, like, has no these king. male leaders who well, had, are like okay. had know, no king, which really right. Yeah. There's a there's a Boromir quote. There's kind of a Boromir thing to do. Sorry about that. Um, Such a Boromir thing to say. Hmm. All right, Shai. What about you? Uh, a couple things come to mind right away. Um, one Ooh, is oh. Arwen's uh, <laughs> role in the movies, um, replacing one of my favorite characters from the books, Glorfindel. Um, early on, has one of the most has one of the coolest moments in the Fellowship of the Ring book when he saves them from their first um, real danger with the ring wraiths. Um, Instead, it's now Liv Tyler, played by Arwen, who has a significantly <laughs> larger role in the movies. Um, oh yeah, Arwen played by Liv Taylor. Liv Tyler. There you go. Um, so that that always that was actually something that, that if I had one, Liv gripe, Tyler has actually been Arwen this whole time. We never knew. <laughs> she's an elf. No wonder she's um, so. She's like, like finally I can play. I can play myself. That's why um, she's so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so that that always bugged me. Um, and then one thing about the first movie that I guess always kind of there's. I honestly have a fair amount of dislikes about the second and third movie because that was when I felt like they started straying more from the books. Um, but I think um, one thing I didn't like about the ending of the third movie was the multiple fade to blacks on Mount Doom. I don't know if that rings a bell to either of you, but you know, like yeah. like they're going up and then all of a sudden it's like they give up and then it like cuts to black for a couple seconds and then it comes back to video and then all of a sudden like they're going further and then like they get rid of the ring and then they like... Well, no, it's not, it's not when they go up. It's after they got rid of the ring. After they get rid of the ring, they're like, it's like they're climbing up on this rock and there's lava everywhere and it just kind of like goes to black. And then it's like, and like the first time in the theater, it's like, wait, is Peter Jackson just end the movie there, did it? And then all of a sudden it comes back to video and all of a sudden like there's ring wraiths circling or whatever. And I'm pretty sure it goes to black one more time before the eagles come and like rescue them. And it's like, why did you like, I guess you're playing with the emotions of people who haven't read the books, I guess. Like you're trying to, like yeah was it over is is that it like but for someone who had read the books it was just kind of very it was like uh like what no like this obviously not gonna end it here i never really noticed that i haven't seen return of the king in a while so i'll have to i'm trying to work through the movies again yeah myself so i'll have to pay special attention to that fade to blacks um and then as i guess the books um i would say this is gonna be very controversial um well the first one maybe not so much the you know songs and poems not a huge fan of them um and then tom, Bob, tom bombadil i was never a huge fan of that tom bombadil. Oh, that was tom the, that was the controversial bombadil. um part, but, uh, and which i think ties the whole song song and poem theme because he is like a walking song and poem he um, is absolutely he so. sings the whole time you know i i like tom bombadil i think he was a cool character and he was he kind of added that um, an element of like, oh, like you never really know what's out there. Like there's all kinds of strange creatures and people and, and stuff going on in Middle Earth that's more like it was definitely a world building thing. Right. Like it showed that there's there's other forces at work. It's not just like Frodo and the ring in a vacuum with Sauron. Like there's a lot going on. But I wasn't terribly miffed that that was left out just because it, it doesn't add a ton to the actual plot. And like, those movies are already so long. There's so much to get to. Like, if you're gonna try to do it, like at some point you have to make some tough cuts. So I was sad that he wasn't in it, but I wasn't hurt. And I think that the probably more people who have read the books and seen the movie probably agree with you that like they could do without Tom Bombadil, which I think is sad. I mean, that it's hard for me though, because that whole first, like that first half of the first book, like the technically book one, is probably my favorite in the series like the first and the mm. beginning and the end are my favorite and i love the pacing in the books of how much longer things take and like one of the key differences i guess i'll kind of roll right into my dislikes unless you had more shot i don't mean to no i remember to like though if i can squeeze it in really yeah, quickly squeeze in. is the extended versions of the movies like how many times yeah. do you get solid movies that then they make like 50 percent longer <laughs> and you get three of them you know where you can take like a nine hour trilogy and turn it into a 13 hour trilogy and add a bunch of content that you know they didn't cool. make the original cut so i like that as well um but like 
one of the cool things about the books to me was was that beginning part and that like when you're reading the book there's 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 something that's lost because of the way they did the movies i think it's fine the way they did the movies like it it was cool i don't have any qualms with it but what i loved when i first read those books was you don't know what happens to gandalf he leaves frodo and sam like it the pacing is just a lot different instead of like him leaving them like in the woods as they're leaving he's like get ready to leave prepare to leave i'm gonna come back in a couple months and we're gonna set off together and he never shows up and he never comes and frodo has to leave anyway and like they're constantly expecting okay i'm sure gandalf is gonna meet us here oh i'm sure he's gonna be at brie oh you know like there's there's like step by step and like you're just like where is he what happened to him and like there's like this like the the sense of suspense and impending doom i think is a lot stronger in the in the books because you don't know whereas in the movies you know what happened to gandalf like you watched him go to soroman and get imprisoned and it's like you know he's not going to show up to save you at the last second um so i i'm a little sad about that there's another very like really minuscule thing and i get it because they took out the tom bombadil part but like one of the parts of the tom bombadil thing is they meet tom they go on their way and then they fall into these barrows they get captured by a barrow white yeah that was a really cool thing and tom bombadil comes and saves them gets them out of there but the reason that's important from a overall connective thing is that they the swords they get from that tomb that tome that they're captured in are like special blades that were forged to fight the witch king when he was fighting in the north mm. and those are the swords that mary and pippin carry all the way to the pelinor fields and when mary stabs the king of the ring rays with that sword it actually hurts him and nothing's supposed to hurt him he's supposed to be immune to that sort of thing and the reason it hurts him is because he's wielding a special blade that was literally taken from a tomb from the wars that he fought in like thousands of years ago and like that link i always thought was so cool that like he just happens to have this weapon that he needs in this fight where like none of the other swords on the battlefield matter and because they took out the barrel scene, he ne- like he's just using some regular sword. And so, like in a movie, I just don't think it's that important, right? Like, but in the books, I always thought that was such a cool tie-in. Like when I realized that later in life, that like that's why that hurt him. It was like one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's so awesome! What a cool link! And it just didn't ex- exist in the films, which was sad. So I never made that connection. I, you know, it's funny. I remember the Barrow White scene for a whole different reason yeah. because it was, it really, I thought as a kid established just how dangerous this world was. Like they were oh, in yeah. this like happy place with this happy guy. And all of a sudden they just like wandered three blocks off. And all of a sudden right. they're like in a, in a grave yeah. being, you know. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they took a wrong turn and they're like, weren't we supposed to go North? I saw North was that way. Oh, like, yeah. Lost in the midst. Yeah. That's, that, that's what that whole part was. And that, that's what I was saying before is like, it was really just world building that made it feel like they were part of a larger world that like you just can't fit everything into a movie that's already like you said three plus hours long it's understandable all right anything else that you guys want to say about likes and dislikes before we go quickly do a lightning round okay lightning round we're gonna be quick we've only got about five six minutes for this so let's let's try and go through it quick um uh let's hit it we'll go we'll just go around a circle favorite character and why van aragon why aragorn what aragorn yeah aragorn son of erathon um isildur's heir i believe it was yes 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 that one so um just it's not like it's just it's not like you said aragon which was that book that was written by that like 18 year old oh god oh i have a lot to say about i read that book before watching that movie i have a lot to say about the book was supposed to be good right the book was amazing yeah that's what i always heard the movie was (laughs) okay didn't mean to trigger you there yeah 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 aragorn yeah let's hear it um no i just like i just liked his whole like self-sufficiency nobleism trustworthiness like just just caretaker like badass from the north i think being a fucking king yeah like ever like he's 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 just dope shy uh, i'm gonna take a controversial route here I, I mean i love so many characters so i'm gonna take something controversial and say boromir um how does that even make sense who doesn't love sean bean um and also just i think like a great example of someone who made a lot of mistakes who got um got 
you know, he, he got jaded, but then in the end, he kind of turned himself around in his death. You know what I mean? And I think yes. that's, you know, not a lot of villains in Lord of the Rings get that, get that kind of final kind of, you know, redemption. And, and to be, and to be clear here too, because you haven't really read the books van at all. Didn't even know they existed. He's painted a lot differently. I think in, in the, in the movies than he is in the books. I think he's a much more sympathetic figure in the books. You can really see that like, his heart's in the right place in the books. I don't know that that mm-hmm. I, they tried to establish that in the films, but it doesn't quite come through. I think like he really, like he's not trying to be greedy. He's not trying to be malicious. He Just really thinks right. yeah. like this, this yeah. ring is like, my people are dying out there. Like, right. it's like, you know, like, this is like the nuclear suitcase. I need this. Right, against. What I can do. Yeah. yeah. With this. Yeah. Like he, and, and did he get cor- corrupted by the temptation of the ring? Absolutely. And like to, to, to shine as far point he kind of went down a bad path um but he like i i think he's a lot more uh like when you read his character like i've always i always liked boromir as well and i, I and i love i love farmir as well. well i was gonna say like i think second and talking about how movies messed up characters like let's not even talk about what the movies did to faramir's character oh. where all of a sudden they made him like like his brother where he was just a he was just a good guy in the books he was just a he good was guy the best guy in the oh, books man. he was such a badass like yeah he like he was like like boromir was like kind of like strayed to the dark side and like Faramir was like, Hey, here's what Boromir should have been. Luke Skywalker. Right. Yeah. Like he was, he was, Faramir was amazing in the books. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fantastic point. I should have put that up in my dislikes because he got done dirty there. All right. Um, for me, I, I gotta say Gandalf. I've always loved Gandalf. Mm. Like I love too that like, like so many, like, don't get me wrong. I love Dumbledore as well. Dumbledore is a great wizard. I, I'm a huge Dumbledore fan, but like Dumbledore is always so nice. And like, I felt like Gandalf is always, even whether it's in the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings in, he's kind of real in that, like he's really old and really smart. And he kind of is, he's a little bit of a dick sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like fool of a took, cast yourself of- <laughs> in next time and save us from your stupidity. Like he doesn't, he's not the nicest dude sometimes. Like he, he's good deep down and like you, you trust him, but like he, he just felt very real to me. Like this is how a fucking un- uncounted year old wizard who's like better than everybody else would be he's not going to just be like the nicest dude in the world and i always thought he was like a badass but but kind of real um one of my favorite parts is when he's when he's um i think it was at gondor and he's like oh no weapons blah 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 on the castle he's like well you wouldn't part an old man from his walking stick and then he gives a little wink i was like oh you badass (laughs) that's that's when he's going to see king theoden yeah um, uh, oh, Ron, yeah. Eater us, I think. Uh, yes. But yeah, that's, that's how you would part an old man from his walking suit. And then he gets in there. I thought you did to take <laughs> the wizard's time. I told you guys. <laughs> Why are you listening? Take the to wizard staff. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So amazing. good. That's such a good quote. All right. Van, fame, favorite animal slash creature and why? Um, okay. Notable mention of Shadow Facts just because it's badass. But mo- uh, my favorite is uh, Treebeard, tree especially beard. during okay, yeah. the last March of the Ends. Sure. I just like how, like, the hilarity between him and Pippin and <laughs> everybody in the forest. We've all agreed you They're are not, not orcs. orcs. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Treebeard, man, you really got to read the books. Like, they really, he is much more well fleshed out in the books. The end, the, the, ends, the whole part with the ends, I think, is a lot better in the books. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they tried to they tried to do a little bit too much of like we got to make Mary and Pippo and kind of the heroes and the catalysts and really it's more like they're more just like watching what's going on with the ants and I do think it's a lot more I think it, it paints them with a little bit broader strokes which is cool. Yeah. Okay. That answer makes me kind of sad because I think of Treebeard as a person, not an animal or a creature. <laughs> um, he's a beat. Um, and it also makes you sad that you give honorable mention to Shadowfax. Shadowfax is obviously the star creature of Lord of the Rings, the ultimate horse, man's best friend. Um, Shadowfax, all the way. Team nice. Shadowfax. I, I could agree. You would have me crawling on all fours like a beast. <laughs> so, um, yes, Shadowfax. I always loved Shadowfax when I when I was young, but. Um, my my um, favorite, just to pick somebody different, and you know I'm going this way, Shy, is uh, Gwythar, the yeah. Lord of the Eagles. Oh, great Lord of the Eagles, you have come to our aid once again. Um, he's fleshed out a little bit more in The Hobbit, um, where Gandalf kind of has like saved saved him from a from an arrow wound and nursed him back mm-hmm. to health. And for that reason, he was always kind of 
helping Loyal. Gandalf out, trying yeah. to, you know, pay back the debt. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons the Eagles come in clutch in a number of places in these books. But um, I just thought Gwythair was, was like a cool name. And although I did hear like, uh, I can't remember what I was talking about. There were like big plot holes in the series is like, well, if you had the Eagles that could pick him up from Mordor, why didn't he just take the ring with the Eagle into Mordor? Why did he make I him think- like... I think the, everybody says that like, yeah, right. Like, like there's that whole meme too, where like, if anyone hasn't seen it, like the meme goes like this, like the last thing Gandalf says before he falls into the pit after fighting the Byrog is fly, fly you fools. Yeah. And the meme says, well, what if he, what if they, he meant it literally like <laughs> get on the Eagles and fly the ring to Mordor. Like I told you to fly. Why'd you walk? What are you thinking? Right. But like, the thing that everybody forgets is this there's nine winged horsemen called the Nazgul yeah. Yeah. flying around. Like, oh, yeah. so you're going to bring, you know, Frodo with the ring That's on this true. eagle. And, until, yeah, and that makes sense. you know, okay. like there's also a giant eye in the tower watching everything. Like you think he's not going to spot that? Like, so like, it seems like a plot hole, uh, but then the, the theory has some holes of its own. I would say. One word like for it. you, smiling. Two words, cloaking eagles. Cloaking eagles. Yeah. You put on those Lothlorian cloaks over no, the No, they, they wear the ring. And then fly. <laughs> the ring on, on the eagle, Salon. That's, that's the thing. The, the ring, the problem you, with may, you may have forgotten. It's, it's, the, uh, the ring doesn't hide you from Sauron. It actually tracks, shows you to yeah. show Oh, that's so, right. That'd be like lighting yourself on fire first so that you could <laughs> see you real well. With, why is a giant eagle flying through the sky? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fool so, are you? Yeah. I think we've debunked that one a little bit. Not to say there couldn't have been another way, but not as easy as just hopping on the ring and be like, all right, down it goes. Um, all right, uh, we're running out of time, but well, well, I'm going to push through this. Um, favorite scene or moment, and why? Fam. Um, Oathbreakers keeping their oath in the end of. Oh, of the cool. King. Okay, hmm. nice. That's a good one. Shy. I mean, the Balrog. I got to go over that. That really was. That really you set the tone for me. Shall not. Oh, so good. Pass. It's so good. I, I take I, the I, eagles, I, you fool. I agree. I agree with you, Shai. Like the Balrog scene was so cool. And I, I will say it as a follow-up, I loved how they went back at the beginning of the second one and re-showed that scene mm-hmm. and like, like showed deeper. it further. Yep. Like, like yeah. basically told oh, yeah, Gandalf's the, yeah. story. Like in the books, that's revealed when Gandalf meets back up with them. He tells Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas the story of what happened. But instead you get to see it. Mm-hmm. Like like when that when I, I remember seeing that in theaters and when that came out, I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, we're going to see what happened, yeah. Um, and it's not even it's that. It's incredible. not even just the Balrog. It's the Mines of Moria. Like, the drums. Yes. I remember that from the books. Like, just oh, like, you could hear fuck. the drums. And yeah. you could hear, like, the impen- the incoming hordes. Yes. And they did that so well. Oh, man. And as a small thing, you know, it's... It, as another... You know, in this book, there's a lot of things where, like, inconsequential actions have long things, you know, like sparing Gollum early. Mm-hmm. And he ends up being instrumental in the Ring's destruction. Think about that scene where, where we referenced earlier where Pippin accidentally knocks the thing into the well and that's what causes the drums that directly leads to gandalf falling down that pit it wouldn't happen otherwise if he doesn't fall there does he come back as gandalf the white uh, yeah he's not does he have the power that yeah. he needs to yeah. like that set in motion a whole chain of events that's, right. that's, that's right. right so you know really is pippin the real hero here that that doesn't get the credit that that's he like Jar Jar being a Sith. We're not. I don't know. That that's was a, a stretch. If that had happened, that would have been amazing. Maybe if Gandalf well, had died, it would have been a better movie. It would have been a better ending. We'll, we're going to get to that maybe next week or in two in a couple weeks. That's coming, <laughs> folks. Get ready for Star Wars. It's coming. <laughs> All right. Last question. Then we're wrapping it up for real. I know we're over. Favorite Lord of the Rings video game. Van. Uh, I think I've only played one, um, which I really, really enjoyed, and I just happened to find it. It's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings for PC by um, Black Label Games. I played this back when an Optimum PC had 128 megabits of RAM, so, or megabytes of RAM, so um, nice. you can tell how old it was. But no, the game was just super fun. It was it was basically just like what good games should be. Well, not necessarily what good games should do, but what one theme of a good game is, is to replicate you in a first-person viewing going through the story. So literally, you start from beginning to end. You, I think your main character, you play a Strider or, or Eragon, um, and you play him throughout the whole thing, and you're an archer, and you're a badass, and you go through all the fights that he goes through and all that fun stuff through the first uh, season or, or uh, movie. So, Oh, Shy? 
Uh, I think I will talk. I will mention Shadow of Mordor um, as a game that was uh, very well made and had a lot of good times with it. Yeah, that that's gonna be mine too. I I I tried a number of Lord of the Rings games and and was pretty dissatisfied with all of them, um, up to a certain point. But I thought Shadow of Mordor was really cool. It took kind of a a secondary spin on things, kind of giving you like almost like a behind the scenes, taking some you know characters that were true characters and giving them a little bit of a of a fan fiction service uh, fan service uh, spotlight. And the combat was just fun. Like it was fun to fight and hunt and track and kill those orcs. And like, it had a good balanced difficulty level as we talked about last time. Whereas like a lot of times when I died, I felt like it was because I sucked. And like, if I had played better, I could have gotten out of it. And you could get out of some really crazy situations in that game. Like mm-hmm. it was cool when you're like surrounded by like 20 orcs mm-hmm. and you're like trying to fight your way out of it. Like they did a really good job with that game. I thought sequel was cool too. I didn't get as into it, but I did like it. Had a sequelitis, I think, when it comes to video games of trying to make it too big. Too many games yes. come out and they just do try to do too much after the first was, one succeeds. I, I um, do agree with that. But All right. Well, that was our Lord of the Rings pod. You guys have any final thoughts on Lord of the Rings before we wrap it up? We may come back to Lord of the Rings one day. I would like to. I have to go read those books after yeah. I highly recommended from y'all. It's worth a read, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Well, if you have something to say about Lord of the Rings, um, we'd love to hear from you. Our Twitter handle is at Focus Target. Our YouTube channel is Focus Target Podcast. And our email is FocusTargetPodcast at gmail.com. So please send us some correspondence. We'd love to get back with you and hear what your thoughts on Lord of the Rings. So thanks for being with us tonight. Um, we've enjoyed talking to Lord of the Rings. At least I have. I hope you guys have as well. I'm your host, Smiley. This is Shy. Ben, as always, cover us, Porkins. We're out.